Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. key text in Romans 12, 1 to 3, normally rendered, do not be conformed to this world, was rendered by J.B. Phillips some years ago, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. I read it some 20 years or so ago. I related it then to personal fashion choices and to styles and lifestyles. But that was because I belong to a religious perspective that focuses on the sins of the poor. This week, as I took my third of four COVID-19 tests to make, <clears throat> to make my way from Africa to Jamaica, and in order to comply with COVID protocols for international travel, my first test was taken at the Endola Teaching Hospital in Endola, near to Kitwe, where I live in Zambia. My second test, which had become necessary because my flight was canceled by Qatar Airlines because of the orchestrated fear in response to the Omicron variant, which is not in Zambia, by the way. My second test, was a rather was at the Kabwata Health Center in the capital city of Lusaka. The third test was taken in a health center in Lakeworth, Florida. The contrast between Kabwata and Lakeworth could not be more dramatic. I walked from my lodging at the St. Paul's United Church Women's Center to the modest facility. It was near to where I was staying on that tent, fully exposed to the elements, especially the dust. I sat on a wooden bench with a motley crew, including street persons, none appearing ill, by the way, and the test was administered by an obviously competent medical technologist. It was over in a moment. And within 15 minutes, I was presented with a scrap of paper and the handwritten result was negative. At the airport, I was told that the certificate needed to be, to have been typed and presented me with a copy of what the certificate ought to have looked like. Ethiopian Airlines is a wonderful airline, voted the best in Africa for the last four years running. So because I was fully vaccinated, I was asked to sign an indemnity form 
and that allowed me to travel. The exercise of discretion is not the only reason I found them impressive. They speak Amharic and English, and both languages were used to keep the passengers informed on the journey. Their English was impeccable. The journey took us from Lusaka over Tanzania and Kenzi Kenzi and Kenya and landed finally in Addis Ababa. From there, we next left for Dublin in Ireland. We were fed sumptuously. I had chicken and then I had beef and then I had fish, all with red wine, vegetables, rice, along with dessert. Every stop was on time and the departure on time and efficiently so. By contrast, when I got to Chicago in the USA, I changed planes to United Airlines. My flight was delayed for three hours. First, because there was a mechanical defect with the door, and then the delay, the, the time it took to await the new plane, and then because they had to change gates. This can happen to any airline. But if it had been the other way around, I would have blamed notions of African inefficiency. This is a, a learned view of Africa that it is not that is not necessarily based in reality. Because I had deplaned and overnighted in Florida for my expected departure from Florida to Jamaica, on the following day, and out of the abundance of caution, I decided to get another COVID test. My sister drove me to the health center of the road from where she lives. It was a well-vegetated, spacious facility with bold signs announcing free COVID tests. The facility was high-tech and air-conditioned. In order to register, one uses one's smartphone to take a picture of a barcode and the website address pops out, pops up with which one completes the registration. I do not have a US phone number, so I used my sister's and gave them my email address. Within 40 minutes, the test results came by text and within an hour by email. I thought of the difference. And just for the record, my test in Endola was as a PCR test and had cost me 1,500 kachwa which is about 150 US. So I reflected on the reasons for the difference, the disparities in development. So I returned to the text, do not allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. It seems to me that the text means for us to be aware and to discern about the systems that create and reinforce those disparities that we have to be alert to those systems, that they are the wheels within the wheels. They are the glue that holds things together. They are both realities and narrative. What the text is doing is inviting us to develop and maintain tools of assessment of the realities with which, within which we live that are genuinely independent of the master narrative around us. To begin with, the world around us and with which we live has systems that it creates 
and that it uses in order to have its way. We are instructed not to allow that way of thinking to become ours. Let us make, let us take the 21st century in which we live, for instance. There have been three pivotal developments meant to deepen the inequality in the world and construct a narrative justification. The systems of mechanisms and the stories it tells itself and everyone else. Those three pivotal developments of the 21st century have a master narrative carefully constructed and crafted and constantly refined. We are called upon to reject and to resist that master narrative, but rather de develop lenses that are able to see through and to construct a counter narrative. The first pivotal development with which with the aim of reinforcing and deepening inequality and explaining them away so that the victims become their own victimizers was the Y2K bug. This was a ruse created that with the year date change, computer systems would fail. The fear of the international date change forced many companies all over the world and individuals to buy new computers not because the old ones had crashed, but because the narrative said that they would crash. This resulted, what resulted was a massive capital accumulation by technology companies, created a financial and technological bubble. The, that hoax was the practice run for what was to follow in the 21st century, as well as to create new resources of wealth founded on deception spread by the media and manipulation of public anxiety. The second act of hegemonic and imperial muscle flexing was the 9-11 terrorist attack. The narrative goes that Islamic, 19 Islamic young men committed to the spread of Islam attacked the USA. The opportunity was taken to halt the spread of Islam. First was the bombing of Afghanistan and Iraq. The ruse was finding weapons of mass destruction and none was found. What happened was regime change and the hanging of Saddam Hussein. The war against Afghanistan was even more disastrous. After 20 years of bombing Afghanistan with thousands of civilian casualties, which was ostensibly in order to defeat the Taliban's. The Americans left Afghanistan rather ingloriously. The Taliban took over as if the 20 years of bombing had never happened. The Taliban had told the Americans that you have the bombs, but we have the time. We will wait you out. The bombing of Iraq and Afghanistan were followed by the Arab Spring Uprising, so-called, which resulted in regime changes all over the Arab world. Once again, the ruse was used to accomplish imperial agendas. The third imperial tool of the 21st century is the COVID-19 pandemic. One is not claiming that the COVID-19 is a hoax or that it was a man-made virus in a laboratory or biological weapon. 
but that COVID has been used as a tool to accomplish other objectives. Typically, these ruses are created for the effect of deepening and expanding the Euro-American imperial project of empire building. In order to do so, there is a subtext of demonizing and damaging their adversary and any perceived competition. There are two. One is China, the emerging economic powerhouse, and the other is Africa, a sleeping giant. If you doubt me, look at the protocols introduced in the wake of the Omicron variants. They seek to damage African economic interests through the travel industry without any data requiring such action. Africa has been a fertile land to feed, can, can feed itself and the entire world. It has the most mineral reserves in the world and it has two billion people with brain and muscle. What it lacks is unity and self-confidence and self-consciousness. As I am in transit from Africa to Jamaica in Florida, I read a bulletin advising that the ban on people of Africa is under review in Jamaica. If it is born out of prejudice rather than data, what will result? What will the review take account of? The Omicron variant originated in New Zealand, not in South Africa. Bans are placed on African, Africa, not on Europeans, which has vastly more COVID cases of infection or cases of COVID infection. South Africa, with the most sophisticated epidemiological resources in the world, helped to identify the variant. The traveling ban has been has caused enormous economic damage in African countries. When I visited the Kenneth Kaunda International Airport in Lusaka, what I saw was the effect of an economic tsunami created and it was a ghost town. Both Emirates and Qatar Airlines pulled out in the same week without a single case to justify their decision. It is to fall in line with the subtext of the response to the COVID. We must not allow the systems that run the world with the orchestrated media narrative to make up our minds for us. We must critically examine what they do and what they say. And we must construct our own perspective of truth and brotherhood. We must find ways to act in solidarity with those who are the victims of the twin strategies of domination and exclusion. It is what it means to have your mind transformed and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.